What is up, gamers? Welcome back to the Aggressively Okay podcast. I am your host, Agent Scoob Duberman, and I am here to tell you, please stay in line to vote. This is how Bernie can still win, and I am joined by Special Agent... Uh, Special Agent Ozo, and... Um... <laughs> <laughs> the elite bear, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> And, you know, they legally can't turn... Like, if you're in line for the Iowa caucus right now, they le- they can't turn you away. So if you got there last March and you're still in line, they can't turn you away. But if the teacher doesn't show up in 15 minutes, you're legally allowed to leave. So it's up to you, really. But the substitute from next door rolled in the TV and we're watching Trolls War Tour today in class. So I don't want to leave. Yeah, and I mean, I want to know what happens with the Durgans, frankly. I don't know. You you lost me. I don't know what that is. But We reviewed Trolls on this podcast, Adam. Oh, it's Durgans from Trolls? The Durgans are the bad guys, yeah. In the second movie? Mm-hmm. Oh. My name's Adam. Uh, I... Joseph Selma. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can strip off our aliases now. We're, we're in a safe place. We're, in a, we're here in the studio. Um, yeah, you know, in a world where conservatives are just being silenced left and right, I, <laughs> I, it's nice that we could have two dumbasses who, you know, we're not conservatives, we're not hardcore Dems, we're leftists, but we're also stupid. Yeah, and, and I think that's the most important part. So, you know, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we're not going to be talking Gina Carano this week. We're not going to be talking um, Sia's new movie. <laughs> We're not going to be talking any of that shit. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be reviewing movies like the gosh darn critics we are. Um, so I think we should start with a little ditty called Malcolm and Murray. Now, Joey, I was listening back to our most anticipated of 2021 episode the other day. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that you put this around, like, I think eight or seven. I forgot mm-hmm. on our top ten. So I did, yeah. You were pretty darn hyped for this movie, buddy. I was. I'm a bit of a, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I think I, I think people are aware. I'm a bit of a euphoria stan. I really do love the show. Um, I've gone through phases where I, I, I would say I missed the show. And I was like, oh, I would like to see more of the show. I really do enjoy the show. And I have not seen Assassination Nation. So I made, maybe that's why I am a bit... I'll save my thoughts of Malcolm Marie until we get into it. But I was very—I'm a big fan of John David Washington, and Zendaya is amazing, obviously. And I—I I, everything I've seen from Sam Levinson, I've enjoyed. I have not seen his movie, but I love Euphoria, so I was very excited for this movie. Yeah, you, everything you've seen from him—the one thing you've seen from him, you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I. <laughs> all one I, things I've seen. <laughs> yeah, all one things. Um. I was looking forward to this movie. I was not like as excited as Joey was. Um, I like Sam Levinson a lot. Um, I <laughs> Assassination Nation is like not a great movie, but I think it's pretty entertaining. Like I, think I don't. Sam know. Levinson would disagree with you, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Especially after this fucking movie. He. Uh... Okay. The thing is, us even talking about this movie goes to his entire point of why he made it. Like. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, I'm I don't sorry. even know how to start talking about Malcolm and Marie. What's it about, Adam? <laughs> it's about just this dude who he comes home from a movie premiere with his not 
they're like just girlfriend boyfriend right they're yeah, not they're just dating at the moment okay uh played by john david washington and zendaya um and uh i don't know it just kind of I mean, there's not really a plot. It's like after his movie premiere and he's kind of refreshing his phone a lot, waiting for the reviews to drop. He doesn't know what the reaction is going to be, which is weird because usually there's just Twitter reactions as soon as movies end. But it, no Twitter reactions in this universe, not in the Malcolm Maria cinematic universe. There's no Twitter reactions. Um, waiting for a review to drop. And it kind of spawns like a bunch of arguments and conversations and who knows what else with him and his girlfriend and yeah it gets into conversations about culture and critics and how critics play a role in the art that we create but also the people in our lives and how they influence the art that we create and um a whole bunch of other bullshit that sam levinson's just itching to get off his chest so i mean Joey, you're the one that was really excited for this movie. So you know what? You go ahead and tell me what you thought of it. I think uh, so. I think I didn't see the I wait. I didn't see this movie until yesterday. It's been out for about a week now. So I got to see the brunt of the backlash for the film. Uh, this movie is a very divisive film, and I would say it generally leans towards negative. If if is the general reaction to the film. Uh, so I was very, uh, I was kind of nervous to watch the movie because I was like, is this going to make me hate Sam Levinson? Because I think it's so funny. I texted Adam about this that like less than a month ago, he was like the top, on top of the world. He had Rue and Jules back to back. Everyone was loving those episodes. Everyone was talking about how, like, how uh, thoughtful and tasteful those episodes were too. So, and then this movie drops and it is the complete 180 of that. Uh, I think Malcolm and Marie is pretty good movie um it is not without its flaws it has a very big ego problem and it it, it gets a bit uh i don't, I don't know if, if problematic is the word but it get i gets it gets a little i'm like oh, i don't know if you're the type of i don't know if you're the guy to be talking about this barry which is I, ironically I, what the movie is about Mm-hmm. it's it's funny because he kind of he kind of shoots himself in the leg a bit and the stuff that he has to say about critics not all of it i disagree with there's some of the there's one scene in particular that i thought was very well written very nice and i agreed with what john david washington's character was saying but the problem is it just it, it can't help but escape this air that he is mad that nobody liked assassination nation um because he like directly references a, re- a negative review for his movie uh, which is very petty, as a, which is, I was like, damn, bro, you really do? I was like, this is kind of embarrassing to, to see a little bit. But I think overall, it's very well shot. It has the same style that, you, that Euphoria does, and the acting is great. And the script can be very good. Um, and I, I, I admire how I, I admire how difficult he made the film. These are both of the characters. I'd say one character more than the other is is a bit more unlikable, but these are not. They they're pretty much the movie is them really screaming at each other and saying just the nastiest things they can think of to one another. So I guess in that regard, I do admire that he kind of chose to make something a bit uh, more challenging. Uh, but it, it does. It also does have the the bit of a of a film school uh, vibe to it, and he very much. Uh, I, I'm I'm in the middle of a Cassavetes binge right now, so I can't help but see the the influence and and. I like Sam Levinson, but he has no John Cassavetes. So that's my those are that's my me trying to say what I think about Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> this movie, man. 
I I don't really know. I gave it like a like on Letterboxd as my like thing, and I I then after doing that tweeted out like you know how political personalities say like retweets don't in equal endorsements. <laughs> Um, I think the same should be said for what I give a like to on Letterboxd. Um, I don't endorse this movie. I don't recite what it's trying to say about criticism and art and all that shit. I, I think it's a pretty entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just simply because John David Washington and Zendaya are like incredibly talented performers, obviously. And, and super attractive. John yeah, David both, Washington both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I said in my letterbox review, right? Like I, <laughs> uh, you know, spoiler alert, I get zooted sometimes and I got pretty, <laughs> I got pretty zoinked for this movie. And I, my entire, like the time I was watching, I'm like, this is kind of bullshit. Like what he's saying right now, but they're both really attractive and mm-hmm. they're screen and they're really good at acting. And I'm enjoying myself <laughs> with this movie. So I think, I like I don't even know where to begin because like you could break down like any one conversation and like and have like an ethical debate about like what like what he's saying and like if there's merit to it and if he should be saying what he's saying in the script. Mm-hmm. And then if you do that, you're just kind of making his point of what he's trying to say about like people looking about the identity of like who's making what and and I'm not even saying I agree with this. I'm just analyzing what he's trying to go for in this movie so it's weird like it's hard to talk or even criticize a movie that's about the repetition of criticism as an art form within itself like it's how there's an art form meant like there's an art form that is an art form within itself of criticizing other art forms like that's interesting to me but the movie doesn't really do anything like it doesn't really go beyond just bitching about it in my opinion like it 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 doesn't like there's never one scene i don't think where he makes a point where i was like wow that's actually an interesting point like i was just kind of like oh he's like upset like i you know what i mean Mm. like it never goes for nuance it just feels like he's in neutral with that like idea and and it's and I'm not even like a Sam Levinson hater. Like I love Euphoria. Yeah. I I actually enjoy Malcolm. Not Malcolm. Uh, Assassination Nation. I really like that movie. It's also very flawed, but mm-hmm. uh, it's super entertaining. And like the the women in that movie, because it's like a primarily female led cast, and they're all great in the movie. Uh, so it's a really fun, enjoyable watch. But I mean, I don't know. This is probably my least favorite thing he's done. But it's still like fine. I don't know. Like I've I've seen plenty of um, I've seen plenty of worse movies, like more self-indulgent movies. But mm-hmm. it just it didn't really do like a lot for me either way. I don't yeah, know. It's it's in, it's an interesting movie, and I think it, he brings up there are some conversations that I, I thought were interesting. I think the only issue, and I mean I hate to say this because it's like what the it's what he's like. I think what he's trying to say with the movie is that it, it doesn't matter who's making the the art as long as it is um i don't even really know what he's trying i don't know i guess that's what, that's what i'm saying say. it doesn't matter is it's yeah. just how it is it's the filmmaking that matters not the story that's being told i don't Which really I, think I don't know if that's what he's trying to say and i don't really agree with that either but it's like the only thing is it's like when you're uh, he, he like i don't know why he's talking about what like the the i don't know why he's writing about what uh you know african-american filmmakers are going through just because it just seems it just seems odd that's all i won't say it's he's not allowed to 
and I won't say that he's it's 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 like I don't I don't it's just it's it's just odd that I'm like this is is this what you wanted them why did you why is this what this movie's about you know what I mean it's like this is not I don't know if this is the piece and it's like and then he tries to like kind of half-assedly do something about abusive and toxic relationships and I thought if he would have focused on that a bit more I would have liked it to see it go that in that direction but well, it's just it's a bit of it's a bit all over the place. Well, there is like one really mild spoil. I mean, I don't really think this is a movie you can spoil, but like in case you don't want to know like a very minute plot point, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a scene where Zendaya is like kind of fighting. I mean, the whole movie's her fighting with him, but like there's a scene where she's really getting into him about like because she's a recovering drug addict in this movie, and mm-hmm. the movie that he directed is a movie about. Uh, a recovering drug addict and she kind of gets pissed that like you know why didn't you cast me in the role like why didn't you or and that that's where the whole argument uh spawns it's like why didn't you thank me in your award speech and you know i i think there's an interesting hook there when it comes to like the people that influence your art and then like how you treat them in real life like you take you you kind of feed off your own personal experiences but you don't like you put it all into the art and not into the real life inspiration that like you don't put as much passion in connecting with these people that you draw inspiration from and i think that's interesting and there's like something there in those scenes i were i was kind of like okay that's like cool like i i like the dynamic of like artist and influence like that's cool but like they don't really I, I just like the criticism thing like they don't dive into it like there's there's like it's very surface level and the surface level is like okay i could see how you could dive into it like it's weird like it's just like when you see like a shitty documentary or a shitty biopic you're like wow i'd really like while you're watching the mm-hmm. shitty version you're like i would love to see a movie about this even though you actually are watching one that's like <laughs> poorly done and like while i was like watching those scenes i was kind of like yeah, I would like to see a Barry Jenkins directed movie about like being a black director where mm-hmm. everything you say or do in your film is under the scope because of your race. But like, I'm sorry, like it is inherently less interesting when Sam Levinson is saying it. Yeah, like I, that's, I get that's, that's his point. Yeah. Like I, I get that's his point, but that being his point doesn't make him right. Like mm-hmm. I. Like it's it's funny like everything John David Washington's character was saying, which it's just basically him being Seven Levinson's focal point. Like he inserts himself into that character, and it's like, you know, everything he says is supposed to be like so true. You know, like oh my god, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, it's not true. Like I don't think it's true. Like I really don't. Like I There's only really one section of dialogue that I thought he was getting at something. I don't think he necessarily went all the way with it. But when he's talking about what it means to be authentic, I thought that was interesting because he talks about authentic doesn't really mean anything. What was authentic about it? Why did it feel authentic? I thought that was interesting and I thought it kind of if you want to go that direction with it cuz Martin Scorsese yeah. has made a similar point to that where he says films are just film criticism is has been uh has diluted down into comparisons and vocabulary words. And I think that if he went more so that direction with it that would be one thing. Yeah. But it's 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 like that, I think it's a good point that you made Adam where it's like it's kind of like it's the start of something interesting. It feels like a first yeah. draft of a script. It's the start of something interesting and then it doesn't really go anywhere with it. It's also, and I I'm, I understand, you know, having been in relationships myself, it's like, that is how 
fights in relationships are like you fight about one thing and it spawns to a fight about like 80 different things I, I i can actually appreciate that that's not my issue but like when it comes to like your entire film being a quote-unquote message movie and you don't have any one message about like what you're trying to convey i think that's just really sloppy and especially like this being like a COVID shot movie, like it's a real passion project for him. I'm just kind of like, really, this is like your passion project. Like this is your big, your big thing that you had to do over COVID. Like you had to get production company out for a house mm-hmm. and like do all this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm surprised I don't, I'm, that the scripts got okayed. Cause I, I feel like if anyone read the script, they would have been like, maybe let's make some tweaks to it. Or maybe he just has that euphoria of clout now. I think that's what it is. I think it's the euphoria clout. Like, um, and uh yeah i don't know like it's just it's really disappointing i mean i i mean it's like a it's fine it's just it's nothing special i didn't really like take anything away from it my i texted front of the pod murphy like because we were watching it at the same time and i texted him like midway through i'm like my favorite part of this movie is how no one and i mean absolutely no one in real life talks like this yeah everybody like no one ever sounds like this like there's my least favorite scene in the movie maybe is the scene where she makes him mac and cheese and they're like having an argument about like mac and cheese and i'm just like no one talks like this like no one Mm -hmm. ever does this like it just feels like such a college student writing a first draft because he's like and there's so much like like film knowledge flexing where he's like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to reference, uh, I'm going to reference, uh, what is it say? I'm going to reference Ida Lupino and I'm going to reference spirit of St. Louis. And I'm going to talk about like these all obscure. Movies. It's like, I'm like, come on, man. And it, or it's, I, it's just, I don't know. I was, I, maybe it is because it was a COVID film that the scripts didn't really get, uh, cleaned up a bit. Um, and I guess I admire what he was going for because it, it, it say what you will about it. It is a bold film. He is taking big. He's taking a big swing with it. Um, so uh, so inherently it's going to be divisive. But I don't think he he quite sticks the landing. And I think I think the film is a lot more self-critical than I think some people are giving credit for because he really if John David Washington is is a hundred percent a stand-in for him, he does not paint a very flattering picture of himself. Uh, but it it's it 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 doesn't quite go all the way with that. Um, and I, I don't even necessarily know thematically if the film is resolved because the film I mean spoil I mean spoiler alert I guess for the movie. Do you mind? Okay, yeah. Spoiler I mean, for the film. Is there anything to even spoil? Like he I just mean, goes like I'm sorry, and then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like it doesn't because like again. So I don't even know where to start with that. Like it's like. If your messages are half baked and your and character half, and the viewer is half baked, like me, um, <laughs> I and the thing is like so like if the messages are are half baked and like the 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 characters aren't fully rounded, like they're neither despicable human beings but they're not particularly like likable either. Like they're really not interesting characters. They're just portrayed by really talented actors like that's the divide they're they're not well written they're not well defined they're just zendaya and john david washington are just good performers and therefore i think they sell the hacky dialogue a little bit better than it deserves honestly because mm-hmm. like there's really nothing in the dialogue like especially like when she's having like those monologues about like being an addict or like a recovering addict 
it's it's all like very like I've seen this a billion times in other movies, but like it's only working because Zendaya is saying it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if this was like a student film and these were like student like level actors, like no one would like this. Yeah. You know? That's, I don't think if that's the thing is I don't it's very stylish and well shot and I'll give Sam I'll give Sam Levison that. But if he didn't have these actors, I don't think I would have I don't think I think it would be much more critical of the film because I mean I do think it is a testament to how good Zendaya and John David Washington are that they do yeah. make the movie entertaining to watch, um, and even it's a fun movie to watch. It's, I mean it's just really them they're just yelling at each other really the whole movie and that's and then they walk around for a bit and then they get back to yelling and then they laugh and then they get back to yelling, but it's yeah it's funny it's a funny <clears throat> movie there's a good Lego movie bit uh, but that part was funny yeah and I you know. It, yeah, it's it's just odd. I don't know. It's an odd movie, and I, I the more I think about it, the less I like it. And I, because I remember I came out of it and I was like, "That's not as bad as everyone's saying." But like, already a day removed from it, I'm already like, Ugh. "Also, I want to make the point, Adam." And I don't. I mean, I think I can. Adam agrees with me here. We're not critics in any fashion, so I don't. I don't really think the movie's talking about us. But it's. I mean, I, I don't mean, get paid to do anything. I just. Yeah, I just we vibe. didn't get paid. We didn't get to see this for free. Nobody's no. clicking on us. We didn't get to see it for, technically for free, but um, and I I don't think everything he's saying is wrong. There's a nice section where he talks about how he doesn't think, or I guess John David Washington talks about how he doesn't think that people really care about film anymore. And that's something that's like a thought that I've had in like a like a fit of anger when like reviews don't like a movie I like. So I, I, it's just, it's a very personal movie to him. Uh, I can tell, it feels very personal to him. So he's probably taking a, he's probably having a sad day at home. <laughs> you should make a sequel that's the same movie, but they didn't like the movie. I mean, I would be, if his entire thing here is like that all criticism is pointless and all discourse is pointless then sure he did a good job but you acknowledging that what you're talking about is pointless doesn't make for an interesting movie and it doesn't mean i have to like give like i don't have to give you a pass for self-awareness you know what i'm saying like it's the same thing like when i oh i was gonna say it's not the same like when racists are self-aware but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna compare him to a racist it's just like it's just like just because you're self-aware about something doesn't absolve you of the criticisms of what you're doing like self-awareness does not equal like validity by any Mm -hmm. sense you know and i don't know like he he, like how is he any different than like countless of other directors and writers who are just really pretentious and that's coming from someone who loves euphoria Mm -hmm. i love euphoria like i do i genuinely do i think though i mean it's kind of like what you were saying earlier like those that jewels and um uh, Rue episodes like I mean we didn't even talk about the Jules episode but like mm-hmm. um, just real quick that Jules one was just as good as the Rue one like really yeah. just as good it's absolutely fantastic and um, you're right like people on Twitter are like praising it for being like very thoughtful and sincere and like just well written all around and I agree it was great so it's just kind of weird to go back to like oh Sam Levinson's doing his thing again like it's like mm-hmm. the pilot of Euphoria you know like where I turned it off 20 minutes in because I couldn't handle it, and I had to like be convinced to like start it over again. So I don't know. It's uh, it it's it's like 
it's whatever. Like, I don't think it's particularly bad. I, I just don't want to call it good either. Like, it's like the shrug emoji. Like, I'm shrugging. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's whatever. So, that's my rating. It's a shrug emoji. Yeah, I give it the shrug emoji out of 10. I feel like you would give, like, the shrug emoji 0.5, like, out of 10. Yeah, I think I like it a little bit more than you do. Because, uh, I mean, I do appreciate the... I mean, there is a, a certain amount of craft on display. And I am a fan of, of Sam Levinson's kind of... Very, he's a very energetic filmmaker. The camera's pretty much always moving. Or it's entirely still. Which is, you know, cool. It's just... It does... It's... Feel, it does feel student filmy, and that's not that's the it does it, it that's and as someone who makes student films, student films are not good. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. But Sam, if I know you're listening, we still love you, and we and we love nepotism, and we're happy. Well, we just give us season two of Euphoria, man, and everybody will forget about it. Uh, apparently, they're filming it in a few weeks, and it's going to be out by the end of the year. So that's fun. So maybe uh, the tides. What if all of season two of Euphoria is about the repetitiveness of criticism? <laughs> Rue watches Malcolm and Murray and like has an existential crisis about it. And you know what this means? They should have made that fucking uh, Casey undercover movie, where Zendaya gets trapped in the show. See, oh yes, I. How much better would that have been? I like, like unironically, a hundred percent better. Like I would have. That would have been so perfect. Like, I'd send. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, they had. I mean, what was the exact plot again? It was like something like. It um, was that she had gone mentally insane, and she believed that she was her character on Disney Channel. I love that. I love that so much. Like, why? See, you know what? Sam Levinson made me in a fucking Denny's parking lot. I'm gonna throw hands because, like, that. The fact that you stripped us away from seeing a movie about Zendaya thinking she's secretly in Casey undercover and you gave us a movie about like you jerking off over your like failed scripts and critical bombs like fuck you dude like we, we could have had like we could have had cinematic gold with Casey undercover movie and we get this <laughs> bullshit I'm sorry yeah, I'm trying to find the headline to read exactly what it was yeah I I just think that's like kind of like that literally sounds like something me and Joe would write like and I, we would have been this would have been a two-hour po- podcast praising the fucking movie like we yeah. would have critical recession would have been so you still have time to make the case the undercover movie sam levinson so please we're still under quarantine right now there's no reason why he can't go shoot it like in a week or whatever mm-hmm. and just because there was a script right like they had it they had it ready to go i think something. he wrote a draft of it i believe the, what the fuck man like, or give it to me, and me and Joey do it. Like Exactly, we, yeah. Like we'll, Zendaya, we're friends with Zendaya. She'll do it with us. <laughs> um, she, yeah, it's a horror movie where she believes that she's still uh, Casey undercover, and that she's not Zendaya anymore. I love that. I. What if the there's, like, a pandemic, but it makes every actor believe that they, like, are a character they once played? That Sam Levinson, what the fuck are you doing, bro? I <laughs> so much more interesting than talking about Rotten Tomatoes for an hour and a half. Um, so Malcolm Murray, uh, watch it or don't. I don't really care. It's whatever. No one's gonna remember it by the end of the year. Um, but it's on Netflix if you want to watch it. It um, made it into my top ten. So, but yeah. Once upon a once upon a once upon a dream. Uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets was my number two most anticipated of the year. 
and I liked that movie more than Joe did. And so. Adam liked it more than I did. <laughs> Which I think was the funniest thing ever happened to us, because like I was giving you so much shit for it for like weeks, and you walked out of it like from a screening, and you were like, "Yeah, Adam, that wasn't good. You were right." And then I saw it like later that week, and I was like, "Joey, I kind of liked Valerian." <laughs> I remember being like, "That movie's gonna be a big hit. It's gonna be a franchise. Everyone's gonna love it." But alas. Why, what made you think that was going to be a franchise? I, I just thought the trailer was cool. I was like, yo, it's like a space movie. But there's some cool stuff in that movie, but it's not a great movie. I like that movie. I We're Valerian in this thousand, uh, city of a thousand planets. Is that what it's called? City of a thousand suns. Or no, a thousand planets. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that movie. Cool movie. We we support Valerian on this pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm and Marie were iffy on, but a movie I'm not iffy on is Judas and the Black Messiah, baby. Ooh, uh, that was a sexy transition. I thought so. Um, so it's streaming. Well, we're recording this on Thursday night. It, as of tomorrow, uh, February 4th? No, 12th. February 12th, it will be on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, not going to tell you which to watch it on. Just mm. make sure you watch it. Because, uh, Joey, this movie is dynamite. This movie is... Um, chef's kiss um so judas and black messiah follows um it largely follows um black uh panther chairman fred hampton uh who when he was kind of at like the peak of his political i don't say popularity but power almost um in the 70s and it like uh i mean i wait what's i forgot like keith stanfield's name in the movie but um he plays like a a dude who he just kind of like robs people. Like he, he, he gets easy money. He like steals cars from people and then like sells them and whatever. And he gets caught by the FBI. Uh, and then Jesse Plemons' character, who's an FBI agent, like says like, Hey, if uh, you can like infiltrate the black Panther party, William O'Neill, is William O'Neill. Yeah. Bill um, is what they call him. That's right. Um, and he's like, yo, if you can infiltrate the Black Panther Party and give me information on Fred Hampton, like incriminating evidence of a reason to like indict him or like arrest him, like uh, you'll be you'll be good to go. Like you can walk away free. So he infiltrates and it's kind of about him learning that the way the media and especially the FBI is portraying Fred Hampton is not actually the case. And he's actually a really insightful and beautiful human being and mm-hmm. um the movie is uh directed by shaka king written by the lucas brothers amazing <laughs> comedians lucas brothers yeah great they got a great special on yeah Netflix. on on drugs got a great special <laughs> watch that shit it's it's so fucking good that's what it's called right on drugs yeah it's on drugs I yeah believe. okay i thought so um yeah great special uh funny as hell on 22 jump street i love those guys <laughs> um shaka king i've never seen anything he's done before so i was kind of interested to see uh how his direction would fare and uh i mean i already said it yeah this movie fucking rocks man um i was kind of just riveted by this movie from start to finish um shaka king has a really powerful direction and it helps guide the movie throughout these like very murky waters of like very harsh moments in history but the lucas brothers i think are the people that aren't being praised enough when because everyone's talking about shaka king's direction and that's very well warranted because it's very well directed mm-hmm. and performances and everything is all very good but lucas brothers script in this movie is like 
so damn good like it kind of i don't think follows the biopic beats Mm -hmm. like because i feel like most biopics just kind of jump from like event to event but like this movie like just it jumps from each event that helps you form an entire idea of who fred hampton was as a person Mm -hmm. and that's what i like similar to uh in structure i think very similar to uh it's uh Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, very similar kind of dual narrative. Because right. Fred Hampton is the, the focus of the film, but he's not really the the main character. I think uh, probably Lakeith's character. I think uh, it's more of a dual lead. Though. I think I it's pretty one 50/50. overshadows the other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you start off with um with Bill and it and it, it kind of I, I I at least I found like the more the film went along, it went more to Fred Hampton. Uh, that I was kind of expecting. I thought it would be a lot more about the infiltration, but there are points where it was straight up a Fred Hampton movie. Like, there's, um, I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite scene in the movie, but it, it was the one that actually got me to cry was when um, he visits the mother of a person that he lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spoil it, but like, it's, oh my God. Like that entire conversation, it's, like, it's almost like a five to 10 minute conversation of just like, what they're doing, like what it means to be a Black Panther, like what it all, like what their entire movement means in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, and like how one life is so important in like this cause. And I mean, that scene alone, like, kind of like made me think, like, I mean, if Daniel Kaluuya doesn't get like at least a nomination for Best Actor this year, like, what are we doing, guys? Like, this is yeah, he he's like. Almost like it goes without saying, like he's incredible in the film. He this is probably his best performance. Uh, it's just it's electric. It's electricity. It's like it's he's he, you can't stop looking at him every second he's on screen. He's absolutely incredible in the film. Well, there's the scene pretty much directly after that scene I was talking about where he's at the Black Panther meeting, and that seems like incredibly interesting because it's like because at the beginning of the movie he the black panthers are like prevalent it's enough to like make uh like jedgar hoover and the rest of the fbi really keep an eye on them but at that moment where he's like having that big communion and like the big speech you see just how big the movement has spread just because of fran hampton's values and how amazing of a public speaker he was mm-hmm. and that thing is that place is like filled like there are just so many people like not even sitting down like people just standing up just to hear this man speak and it's like that's what is so interesting about this movie like again it doesn't follow it doesn't like have to go from beat to beat it's not like one of those movies that it's like 1964 1965 Mm -hmm. like it doesn't jump from history event to history event it's like it just it shows all these really pivotal humane moments like not necessarily textbook moments but Mm -hmm. moments that truly paint who he was as a person because and that's very necessary because i don't I mean, it's not a spoiler to talk about history. Like, he was executed, like, Mm in just in public. I mean, not in public, like, in the privacy of his own home. Like, you know, he was executed. History books don't really talk about Fred Hampton. That's what I was going to say, too, is it's like, this is a movie that I think to, like, to general general audiences is going to be, they're not going to know, they might not know how it ends just because nobody, Fred Hampton is not really discussed in schools or in general. There was, was a bunch of, there was a scene in the film that was it started to play out, and I I was like, did this actually happen? Like, how has this actually happened? And I've never heard about this event before. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like you you hear about MLK, and again for great reason because MLK was amazing. But it's the same thing. Like you always in public schools like heard more about MLK than you about Malcolm X, mm-hmm. and 
Or Malcolm X was the bad one, and MLK was the good one. Yeah, and, like, if you watch or even just read, like, I mean, Spike Lee's Malcolm X is a fantastic movie. I think that's about as good as biopics get, in my opinion. But even if you just straight up read about Malcolm X, you'll understand, like, no, like, everything he said was incredibly valid. And, like, his autobiography is amazing. Yeah, just, I mean, I don't know. Like, there, and the same thing with, like, Fred Hampton. And I mean, I'll just be honest, I didn't know much about Fred Hampton before I watched this movie. Same here. And it caused me to like read up on him. There's a, um, I still need to watch it, but I know on Criterion Channel there's a documentary about the Black Panther Party that I need to watch. Isn't it Agnes Varda who directed it? I think so, because mm-hmm. I think I the first time I heard about it was after she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, after watching this movie, I really want to watch that. It's only like 40 minutes or so, so I I need to watch it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's the thing. It's like it's my own ignorance and ed- on education on the matter like it makes me just cling to this movie even harder because it's like it's so fascinating like it's so riveting it's so emotionally powerful but like the performances are all incredible like every i mean we already talked about daniel kaluuya but like even the like, kids stanfield like man he's he fucking mm-hmm. rocks this movie there's um there's a dinner table scene at the end of this movie where i was just like like damn yeah. like this shit I mean, because there's a lot of pressure put on his character at the end of this movie, and mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but like it, you you feel it, and you feel his conscience like weighing really heavy by the mm-hmm. end of it. And um, Jesse Plemons too, like yeah, I mean, I love rocks. Jesse Plemons. He's a kind of a despicable character in the film, but uh, great performance. Love that guy. Um, I uh, yeah, it, it's uh, and the score is amazing too. There's a musical cue that made me like fucking pump my fist in the air i was like it was just such a good it's not a it's it's kind of a it's like a kind of a sinister moment in the movie uh it's i sinister is not the word to describe it it's like a like a kind of a devilishly funny moment it's like it's like a little it's a jab at a character and the music is just like and it's like holy shit that was fucking awesome but uh and the cinematography is great the camera work the camera is very lively it's very moving there's a, a a couple i hesitate to say action sequences but there's a couple um sequences that involve a lot of shooting uh, just that really are very, very sequences. Well done. Yeah. yeah it's um, like uh it feels like i'm watching like something like goodfellas or it's like an epic you know it's it's like once upon a time in america it's like a big epic you know yeah historical epic yeah for mm-hmm. sure i mean and there's like another scene in this movie where i feel and, like that's the thing like this movie altered my expectations like it, a lot like it's like there's a scene i don't spoil it too much but like where he goes to a primarily confederate rally mm-hmm. and you're oh, and when he, amazing scene yeah when he steps in the door like you think you have an idea of where the scene's going and it doesn't go the way you think it's gonna go mm-hmm. and then you read up on it and you find out that no it that happened and what he accomplished in that meeting happened and it just like it just i mean fuck dude like it just that scene i think epitomizes the entire movie like it not only like flips your perspective of like where you think that situation can go but also like who fred hampton was like as a man like he you know because like this movie has a very good emphasis on um like jedgar hoover and the fbi and how they really made a point to like paint a certain narrative against fred hampton Mm -hmm. and um you know that's and they're very much behind like textbooks and like what you read in school and what you learn in school like the government very deliberately tell like has public education like they they have that in their grasp for a reason and they don't want you to know 
what they did to Fred Hampton. And if they do, they can just say, oh, well, that happened 50 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. we have nothing to do with that now. Another really good movie right now, kind of about sort of what I'm talking about is MLK slash FBI, where, yeah, it talks about, like, MLK and everything you already know about him, but it, it's more about, like, how the government really tried to cover up how much they had to do with, like, his death. Like, I mean, they didn't directly, you know, infiltrate it, but, like, it's, like, it. they had a lot to do with it. Like, they mm-hmm. are a big uh, part of it. So... You know, just so many things. Like I, I think between MLK, FBI, and Just Black Messiah, the, this is like a really two good movies to watch in Black History Month right now. If you want to have a good perspective on just how much the government really fucked up to amazing historical figures, and mm-hmm. just don't trust your government. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, yeah, it's deeply, it's a deeply tragic film too. It's a, it's, it's like very sad to watch, and it's, it's. That scene in particular, though, is such a because I mean it's I it's such a, a frustrating movie to watch and it's such a uh, it's a, such an emotional film to watch. I'm getting I get I was getting goosebumps just talking like when you brought up the one scene with the uh, when he goes to the the kind of the Confederate rally. Uh, yeah. that, I got goosebumps just thinking about that scene because Fred Hampton he's just able to disarm the room so quickly and it's just such a testament to what a speaker he was and what a person he was. Well, and, it's i think right now this is definitely my pick for best picture i think this should definitely win i would have to look back on i mean i we don't even know it's nominated so i can't say for sure but um you know like i mean that scene in particular like that we're talking about like the confederate rally that like that's a scene that i keep going back to and it's like because you're like your innate reaction in that scene is like oh you know fuck those guys like Ew. yeah like fuck those dudes like and you think that's and that's even what the scene starts off as because like the people that come with fred hampton like they you know, it gets very heated very quickly, but there is an entire thing where he was Fred Hampton was so avidly anti-identity politics. He was he didn't really care because like that's what the government paints as identity politics. It's 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 all really fake. Like, but like the, he wanted to get to the root of the issue, which was systematic oppression, which was mm-hmm. like legitimate. Like the real oppression was how the government cuts fundings to poor communities, to uh, how they overwork minimum wage workers, like all these different. Like he knew that, yeah, the primary goal was to, you know, stop segregation and like racism and all these different things. But it also was flowing deeper than that. It was going to other poor communities, not. And that's what you talked about, the Rainbow Coalition. Like it's mm-hmm. about it's not because you don't just start a revolution by having one race or one creed. You have a race by uniting everyone that's oppressed. And again, I mean, I'm just going off about it, but like it's it's so powerful. Like this movie floored me. It, it's I think it's about as perfect as biopics get because it's not even really a biopic. Like it, I like I, I mean, I don't want to say biopics a dirty word, but I I feel like so often biopics when you hear that one's happening, you're like. Oh, I hope they do the guy justice, or I hope they do that person justice. But this just exceeds that. Like, it's not a movie. It's not like a textbook movie. It's a. It's it's so more important than that. And I I feel like I mean I know it'll never happen, but like I wish this movie would be shown in schools across the mm-hmm. country. I I really wish it. I mean I know it'll never happen, but it should. It, it really <laughs> should. So. And I mean, maybe that's a good. It's uh, the movie will be readily available to see if you have HBO Max. So maybe that's maybe that's a, a bit of an upside to the yeah. HBO Max uh, situation. Um, 
but I think it's a it's a pretty dynamite movie. It's a it's just kind of it's a home run pretty much. I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, uh, but I, I don't necessarily have any complaints about it either. Uh, it's it's a pretty it's like a home run really. I it's it feels like like a Goodfellas. It feels like like a, like a real like this is like like this will be like one of the movies that we talk about when we're talking about 2021. Yeah, I mean it's um I think it's and even this decade year. maybe. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, I like what you said about HBO Max because you know there's a whole lot of discourse when it comes to like, oh you know Warner Brothers is so evil for dumping all their movies on HBO Max. And yeah, I'm a little bummed about like you know theatrical windows and shit, but like there is an upside to it because like I mean it, um, uh, Ava DuVernay talked about it like a few years ago when the 13th was coming out. And she was talking about how, you know, the reality is not everyone can go to the theater. Not everyone can go to, like, see these big... Like, you got to remember, like, not everyone's a L.A. film critic. Like, the mm-hmm. pr- primary people talking about that are privileged people that can go to the theater regularly. So it's important that we put content out that's really available in the homes of people. Um, because film should be, you know, widely accessible to people. Especially films as important as this. So... Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's really not a better time this movie could have released. Um, I'm glad they didn't like try to push it like around the election time. They didn't try to push it like an election movie, because like Cause it's not an election movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is not. So I'm I'm really glad that they were self-aware to yeah, not do that. Yeah, and if if because I I've heard people be like, oh, this, this is a this is a lip movie, and it's so much. It's so, like shut up. It's so much more than that, and it's it's not even. I wouldn't even say the movie's political. I mean, it's political inherently, but it's not a. It's not a blue check movie. It's not a. It's not a, a get out and vote movie. It's a. It's just. It's political just because the story itself is inherently political. It's not a. I wouldn't say this is it trying to convert anybody or trying to 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 get uh, like so you to sign a petition. You know, it, it's 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 just a. It's a powerful affecting story. You know. It's all literally just real life. Like it, yeah, it it's all just fucking actually happened. what happened. You know. Yeah, and I guess that's. The, the vice end credit scene coming out in me. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Because it's like that. So many people are so immediately against a uh, a movie about a black figure, and like there are things like, oh, do we really need another one of these? And it's like, yeah, we do need a Fran Hampton movie because guess what? Mm-hmm. No one talks about him, even though he was like, because he was on the preface uh, of like genuinely changing the tides of America, and then he fucking died at the hands of America. Mm-hmm. Like we need to have that conversation. Like, yeah, that's we get about so we a Freddie Mercury movie we is cool. We can get that, but Fred Hampton where is it? Fred Hampton's a no go. You know. <laughs> yeah, like we can get like eighty different white savior movies, but the second we have one where there's no white savior, you know, it's it's that's a no go. So I don't know. I mean, this movie fucking fantastic. Um, if you have not seen it, like I said, uh, by the time this episode's posted, it will be on HBO Max. Or if you're into going to theaters right now, uh, it's playing at a theater near you, probably. Um, don't see why it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Are we going to do ratings? I, I'd give this like a 9.5 out of 10. I think it's excellent. That's what I have it at, too, a 9.5 out of 10. It's, uh, again, I think it's that not a per- – I wouldn't say it's a perfect film, but I really have no complaints. And I think it it's just about – the best movie we could have gotten. It's a really, it's really, really great. It's, it's so fun too because people will text me like, "How have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah?" And I get to be like, "Yes, it is excellent." <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's truly remarkable filmmaking. Um, like I said, if you have not seen it, stream it this weekend. Um, it, it's so worth your time. And 
I, I mean, I don't even want to talk about its Oscar chances. I don't want to get too excited about that because I, even though I think it deserves all of them, uh, it, who knows? They're, they're silly gooses over there. Who knows what they're going to do? So, absolutely uh, over there. We'll have um, the Oscar nominations out sometime in March. We'll do a, we already planned it. We're going to be doing an episode uh, the day they, they're announced and we'll have it be uploaded like within the hour to window after that. So that should be pretty interesting. We'll have like live reactions post nominations. Or actually, you know what would be interesting? We should like watch the live stream together and do like a live pod while like it's being announced. Like a commentary? Yeah, like almost you... like a commentary track for it. Okay. Like our live reactions as they're announced okay so then we'll have to be yeah that'll be interesting we yeah. can do that <laughs> i've I, never done I, something like that before i've never watched the award nominations live so he's never watched anything he's, I he's haven't live seen, for the past two hours yeah what movie were we talking about i haven't seen it what's a movie we talking about judas and the black messiah i thought we were talking about ice age three continental drift which you also have not seen which i haven't seen either <laughs> <laughs> so joey uh where can everyone find you buddy you can find me at joseph underscore salimony on most platforms and um i don't do i have anything else to form um low reverie is coming out at some point low reverie i i have seen it i haven't seen it i've seen some of it um some of it'll it'll be out this one will come out i promise yeah um i have not seen any of it uh i'm waiting for my executive powers and that'd be uh, to get his hands on a copy, but I'm being patient. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull the Warner brothers card and demand footage. So I'll be patient with it. <laughs> um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler letterbox Adam Storius and um, listen to that Fortnite song from TikTok. I'm real. That's in my head. A lot <laughs> <right now. laughs> it's really fucking good. Um, so yes, yeah, um, stream tomato town. Or uh, stream that. <laughs> Tomato, Tomato Town's not even in the game anymore. Oh, was it not? No, that was like that was like first gen Fortnite. <laughs> uh, that song still slaps though. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, remember stay in line to vote. Uh, keep quarantining. And uh, Joey, if you want to do your tradition. And you know we've come to the end of the episode, and that's why I have to tell you guys: keep on gaming, keep on quarantining. Uh, keep on thrift shopping. Keep on being a oh. rap god. Uh, keep on being a, a rap. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, I'm say a, a robot, so call me Ratbot. And, and keep on dogging with that blog. Keep on blogging with that dog. Have a nice day, keepers. <laughs>